You're listening to Mysteries and Beliefs Podcast, the show where we discuss a multitude of mind-boggling topics like the paranormal, conspiracies, extraterrestrials, and anything mysterious. If you have a story to tell or just want to add to the conversation, send your thoughts to jwcarterfilmworks at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, Mysteries and Beliefs Podcast with John Carter. See you on the other side. and welcome back for episode number 23. Today is going to be a first of a series that I'm going to call Mysteries of Murder. Before we get started, you know what to do. Like, share, follow, and subscribe. And if you do have any questions or if you've had a paranormal experience or a story and you'd like to share it, send it to jwcarterfilmworks at gmail.com or join the Facebook group at Mysteries and Beliefs Podcast with John Carter, and we can share it on an upcoming episode. Today, I chose Tupac Shakur to be my first case on the mystery of murder. Today is September 13th, 2020. If you did not know, Tupac Shakur was shot and killed in Las Vegas on September the 13th, 1996 after a Mike Tyson fight. Also, this weekend is Mike Tyson's return to the ring. How ironic. It is the 24th anniversary of the murder of Tupac Shakur. His murder has been shrouded in mystery since then in 1996, and several conspiracies have come out about his alleged murder. Tupac Shakur was born Lashane Paris Crooks, June 16, 1971, in New York. When he was about a year old, his mother changed his name to Tupac Amari Shakur. Tupac Shakur died September 16, 1996, after a Mike Tyson fight. After that fight, Mike Tyson and Tupac were supposed to meet up, but Tyson had a new baby and he wanted to go visit his new child. Tupac Shakur's mother, Alfini Shakur and his father, Billy Garland, were both part of the Black Panther Party in the 1960s. Alfini Shakur stayed active in the Black Panther Party until her death in 2016. And I think this is what made Tupac Shakur an advocate and an activist for the Black community. His stepfather, Matulu Shakur, was part of the Black Panther Party and the Black Liberation Army. He was imprisoned in the 80s for the aiding of the escape of Asada Shakur. He was slapped with the RICO charge. And if you don't know what RICO is, it is Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. Matulu Shakur is the biological father of Moprim Shakur, who is Tupac's stepbrother and was part of Tupac's group Thug Life in the 80s. Asada Shakur has a very interesting past. She was part of the Black Liberation Army, and she was also slapped with the RICO charge. Between the years of 1973 and 1977, Asada Shakur was charged with murder, attempted murder, armed robbery, bank robbery, and kidnapping. This was related to six other incidents also. She was acquitted on three of the charges, and three of them were dismissed. Wow. 
1977, she was actually arrested and convicted of murder of state trooper Warner Forrester, along with seven other related shooting charges. Her defense's argument was medical evidence suggested that she was innocent. While serving a life sentence, she escaped from Clinton Correctional Facility for Women in 1977. She resurfaced in Cuba in 1984, where she was granted political asylum and is where she actually stays today. Asada Shakur has been on the FBI most wanted terrorist list since 2013, and she was actually the first woman who was added to the list. To me, just with the brief history I just gave of Tupac Shakur, he had enough real life inspiration as a child to write a lifetime worth of music at his young age. Tupac went to the Baltimore School of Art where he studied poetry, acting, jazz, and ballet. And this is where he met his lifelong and very good friend, Jada Pinkett Smith. I watched an interview with Tupac Shakur when he was in this school. And for a very young age of 16 years old, he seemed like he had an old soul. If you've ever heard that before, if anybody ever said that before. But Tupac's career, as far as a rapper, didn't really kick off until 1989. He was actually an actor turned rapper, but I I believe he did both because, like I mentioned, he went to school for poetry. And there's a lot of um, hip hop artists that are poets as well as rappers. Tupac in 1991 had a cameo in a film called Nothing But Trouble. This is at that point he was with Digital Underground. Other films that Tupac Shakur was in was Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. He was in Above the Rim. And gridlock. To me, the beginning of the end of Tupac Shakur was in New York in 1994. In November of 1994, outside of the Quad Studio in New York, he was jumped and shot five times. He was taken to Bellevue Hospital, where he left against medical advice three hours later after being shot. Tupac accused Sean P. Diddy Puffy Combs, if you know who he is of Bad Boy Records, Jimmy Hench, and Chris Wallace, a.k.a. Biggest Smalls. During a prison sentence in 1995, where he was serving time for an assault charge, a fellow inmate came up to Tupac and said, I think Biggie's homeboy shot you. The conspiracy behind that is that the inmate was actually an FBI informant that was planted to cause dissension in the rap industry. After hearing this from this inmate, Tupac became despondent with the whole New York rap scene. That's when he joined Death Row Records in 1995 with Suge Knight. Most people believe that the whole East Coast, West Coast thing started at one of the award ceremonies, the Source Awards, which is was at one point um, a magazine publication that did rap and just, you know, things on the urban community. There was a slight beef between Bad Boy Records and Death Row Records where some things were said on stage. And you can go back on YouTube and just check this out. What was said, you know, I'll give a quick brief thing that Suge Knight said on stage. He said, all on stage, all in the videos. If you want to become a rapper, come to Death Row. All on stage and all in the videos, just That was P. Diddy. Puffy back in the day was a rapper, singer, dancer, and a whole nine. So he was just kind of making fun of of P. Diddy or Puffy. I know he changed his name several times. Tupac Shakur, after being released um, from jail in 1995, he went out to L.A. to pursue his career, his rap career with Death Row Records. 
when he became a part of Death Row, he became a little bit more volatile. Death Row Records employed gang members. One of the gangs that Suge Knight employed was Mompiru. After joining Death Row Records, he had several run-ins with the law at that point. Now, we'll fast forward a little bit to the actual conspiracy or the mystery around Tupac Shakur shooting. Two hours after the Mike Tyson fight was shot and killed, what had happened earlier, Tupac Shakur was in the hotel. I believe it may be the MGM. There was a gang member by the name of Orlando Anderson that he was told by his security that Orlando had snatched a chain from a fellow death row records associate. Tupac found him in the casino and a fight ensued and they left. And like I mentioned, two hours later, on the way to a club, Tupac Shakur was shot and sent to the hospital where he later died or allegedly died. Orlando Anderson was a Crip gang member. When Tupac died, it caused a huge gang war between the Crips and the Bloods. Um, Mount Piru is a part of the Blood Gang. So over a span of I believe they said about 10 days, there were about 20 killings related to the shooting of Tupac Shakur or the killing of Tupac Shakur. I actually went through like 100 pages of FBI records, and there's not a lot of details around the the murder of Tupac Shakur. Most of the evidence that we've seen on videos came from the investigating officers that were a part of the LAPD. Another conspiracy surrounding the murder of Tupac Shakur is that Suge Knight had Tupac Shakur killed himself because Tupac was threatening to leave Death Row Records and Suge Knight owed him over $2 million in royalties. So allegedly he had set up Tupac to get shot and that's why he was not shot himself sitting next to him in the BMW that night. Actually, I'll back up just a a brief moment. What was actually weird about Tupac's death in the hospital when he was there, there was no security and they put him on the first floor. I've worked in hospitals or in the ER myself for several years. And when there's a gang related shooting, they don't give a name. They put you in a separate unit and also their security. And there's a code we used to use code purple, which is gang related shooting. And there was nothing like that that was done for Tupac. His brother, Moprim Shakur, actually had to get some of his friends to secure the hospital so there was no other Crip gang members able to get into the hospital that night. But back to the shooting of Tupac Shakur and the conspiracy around Suge Knight setting it up. It was thought that Suge Knight had something to do with both Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur's killing based on some of the information of the investigating officers. The reason why the conspiracy with that or where that thought came from was if Tupac was killed and Biggie was killed, it would look like just a gang related East Coast, West Coast thing. Based on the statement from the bagman Mark Harlan, a.k.a. the bookkeeper, he was the carrier of the money of Biggie Small's murder. And during a meeting that allegedly there were several officers that met with Suge Knight. There was an officer by the name of David Mack, Rafael Perez, and Nito Durden. These officers were allegedly the ones who set up the killing of Biggie Smalls. The alleged shooter of Biggie Smalls was a guy named Harry Billups, a.k.a. Amel Muhammad. 
and just offline, I've heard a couple of stories about a Muslim or a Muslim guy that shot Biggie Smalls. I know you can go back, you can watch other documentaries um, so you can see what I'm talking about. But the detectives that suggested that there were law enforcement that was involved with this was Detective Russell Poole and a Detective Greg Kading investigated both Tupac and Biggie's murder. Their theory is that law enforcement was involved and that law enforcement were the ones who allegedly killed both Tupac and Biggie. Some of the other conspiracies around Tupac Shakur's death is that in like in some other big time murders that some of the witnesses statements weren't taken at the time of the murder. There were witnesses that said that Tupac was actually put in a helicopter and taken off. That was another story. Tupac went to the hospital, faked his death, and he went into the witness protection program. Now, if he's in witness protection, of course, he's not going to resurface. The reasoning behind the conspiracy of Tupac Shakur going into the witness protection program is because there were several LAPD police officers that work with the gangs that were arrested for gun running. And behind that, they thought Tupac Shakur was going to give up names and information for his asylum. So he didn't, of course, didn't get convicted and go back to, to jail. Another mystery that surrounds Tupac Shakur's death is that people do believe that he's still alive and that he is in Cuba because of his aunt Asada Shakur is in Cuba. There's been plenty of sightings just like Elvis that Tupac Shakur is still alive. I used to think that Tupac Shakur was alive myself because of the weird conspiracy and the mysteries around his murder, his bank accounts being emptied and things like that before his or around his death, the fake autopsy pictures and just no one seeing him when he died. But as I did some research on this, listening to his brother and some of the people that may have been involved in Tupac's life said that Tupac did die. He is dead. And recently, the uncle of Orlando Anderson, the person allegedly killed Tupac Shakur, said he was in the car with Orlando as they pulled up next to the BMW and shot and killed Tupac Shakur. So could this just be a simple case of a revenge killing? Is this really a mystery or is it just something made up to to make some excitement around a legendary rapper of Tupac Shakur. Before I go, I just wanted to mention about Mike Tyson. I've watched some of the videos. Again, Tupac Shakur was killed the night of Mike Tyson's fight. And today is September 13th, 2020, which is a weekend of Mike Tyson's fight, his return back to the ring. I've watched recent videos of Mike Tyson here in 2020 at 54 years old, and he still looks like a beast. He's supposed to be fighting Roy Jones Jr., which is a little lighter than Mike Tyson, but he is an extraordinary um, boxer as well. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you guys for listening to this story. And if you do have any questions or if you have anything to add, I'd like to hear from you. Email me at jwcarterfilmworks at gmail.com. And please join the Facebook group Mysteries and Beliefs podcast with John Carter. Until next time, the mysteries of murder will be back with you. Peace.